Ben Jurowski, what's going on? It's Monday. Let's see. And I think as of literally right now, the 23.1 submission deadline is over. Is that right? Or maybe is, we got like an hour or something like that. Is it? Is it? I don't, I haven't even looked. I admittedly was, I think I made a post on uh, Instagram about this. I was three brain cells away from completely forgetting to submit my score. Like literally like I'm about to go, you know, play pickleball. Cause I kind of treat today as an off day and just play pickleball a day, you know, typical day for me. And uh, I was about to head out and I was like, I feel like I need to do something. And I was like, oh, snap. You know, I need to register my – I need to, one, register for the Open, which I never do beforehand. Um, so I need to register, and then I need to submit my score. So I almost forgot. Almost. Oh, well, I didn't submit a score at all, so I guess we're even. <laughs> well, let's talk about that. What happened? Let's oh, man. Well, you know this um, – I've been off and on sick. I actually had to do the dates today because I had a uh, meeting with my doctor. And I've been off and on sick since really a little bit before Thanksgiving. You know, I'd got kind of my first sinus infection then. And about every two weeks, I get sick again. And it's varying degrees of bad with, you know, kind of that one spell in, uh, I guess it was December, where I actually had to go to the hospital over it. And uh, it's just been miserable, like completely miserable. And so when... um, I got back from this last trip for the high rocks in Chicago, same thing. Like after immediately following that event, I started to get symptoms again, like Mm. congestion and sneezing and cough, you know, the cough came back really strong. And I thought it was just like kind of the after effects of the race. Cause it was kind of just a a heavy cardio workout. Yeah. Yeah, It was a two hour race for God's sakes, like, or almost two hours, you know, it's like, um, and so I thought, well, you know, maybe I've just overdone it. I need a couple of days. And then it's gotten progressively worse over the last couple of days. I'm like, well, I'll tough it out. <laughs> I'll yeah. go I'll go do the open because this one isn't a red line workout, at least in my opinion. And, dude, I got, you know, I paced the hell out of it, to be honest. Like, I followed all of the advice we talked about on the show. Like, to my credit, I did exactly what we said we should do. I took your advice and CJ's advice. Uh, I paced the row really slow for me, like probably 1100 was my pace, mm-hmm. which is far less than I would normally row. But I'm like, I, you know, I need to be able to breathe and to move. And I got about four minutes in, I was maybe 20 toes to bar in and man, I just could not breathe, could not get oxygen to my lungs or my muscles. And I was moving fine. Like, uh, just was killing me like absolutely killing me. And by the time I got done, I was like, this is it. Like if I can't do a non red line workout without it, just like completely crushing my soul, there's no reason for me to. Right. You're like, Hey, something is off here. Is this isn't benefiting my fitness. Yeah. I just need to get healthy. Like that's the thing. It's like at some, at some point you have to make a choice between, you know, do I want my ego to, to run my life. And well, yes. Post- the answer is yes. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, cause you know, I could have posted a score. I mean, I finished the workout, um, mm-hmm. but I didn't want to, you know, it was like, it's not that I didn't want to post a score. It's like, I, I have to get healthy. And if I do the next two weeks worth of workouts, that means I have to train for CrossFit open workouts. And, you know, there's a high degree of likelihood and we'll talk, I'm sure we'll talk about it. That at least one of these two up, ep- uh, weeks is going to be balls to the wall four time go as hard as you can go 
you know, high school yes. wins and I don't have it in me without yeah. it absolutely destroying me. And yeah. uh, I've got busy work weeks anyway. So it's like, all right, let me revamp my training, revamp how I'm living, get my life back together yeah. and, get, and get healthy. So I scheduled an appointment with my doctor who, you know, admittedly is my partner at the gym, one right. of my partners. And we had, a, we met today. And the great news is I'm now on steroids, Ben. So I'm going to PR, I'm going to PR yeah, my deadlift finally. Heck yeah. Thank God. Uh, no, he, he, uh, <laughs> you can tell I'm still coughing. He put me on an inhaler and then um, a nasal spray. Hmm. And if those two don't work, then we have kind of another level we can go to from that. Right. And straight up anabolic steroids. Pretty much. And uh, <laughs> no, that's not true. And he would probably punch me for saying that out loud. But, um, but you know, so we'll see. Like, you know, basically they're designed to relax what's going on in there and, mm-hmm. and help my body start to recover. Uh, and then I met with my coach. I'm like, all right, here's what I need to do. Can you give me some workouts? And, and so my workouts right now for the next few weeks are going to look like lifting, getting stronger and a lot of zone two work. Mm-hmm. So today I did, um, I did five by three back squats to a heavy set. And then when I finished the heaviest set, I did, I did two by 10, 80% of that heaviest set. And then, uh, same for push press five by three and then two by 10. And, uh, then after that, I did a 20 minute or a 10 K on the C2 bike wearing a, a 20 pound vest and you do the one minute standing, two minutes sitting until you're done. Interesting. Yeah. And it was hard, dude. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever stood up on a C2 bike wearing a vest. Yeah, but I mean, that sounds, that sounds pretty tough for someone who's trying to recover. But, you know, it's, I mean, it's literally just zone two work. Like it's just yeah. like, you just kind of, you just, you know, you're just pedaling. Like it's not, you know, you're sweating, um, but it's nowhere near like what you would do on an assault bike. It's not sprinting. There's no heavy breathing. Like it's just, I mean, you can literally just sit there and breathe through your nose if you wanted to yeah, and do it for 20 minutes. And mm-hmm. you know, you sweat like a bitch, like, don't get me wrong. Like I was sweating like crazy, but, but it was good. So that's what my training is going to look like for a few weeks while I recover and yeah. get my life back together. Well, I think you're, I think you're, it's, it's really good that you saw, I don't know, you were able to see through kind of like the hype and the, the BS of, you know, like you run a, I mean, congratulations for crossing 400,000 mm-hmm. followers, right? I mean, Thanks. you run a, you run a fairly large page in the space and a lot of people, especially, you know, we're preaching, do the open, do the open, do the open. So uh, you probably have a lot of pressure both externally and internally to do the open and complete it and do well in it. Um, like we've talked about in the past. However, um, I think it's really smart that you like, you like looked at yourself honestly in the mirror and said, I need to get healthy because I had something somewhat similar happen to me when I first moved to Colorado. I was just, I was getting sick really consistently, like more, like I, I was just getting sick every, every few weeks, it seemed like, and I just could not figure it out. I was training really consistently. I just, I was like, man, I just feel terrible. Whether it's like, you know, not mentally healthy, but also definitely not physically healthy, just tired. What was it? Um, chlamydia or (laughs) no, 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 much worse. Um, no. And then, uh, I realized that it was probably just terrible sleep habits. So Mm -hmm. I just, I, was 
training at the 6am class, sometimes even the 5am class, um, you know, my ex and I were, were going to the, the gym super early. And I was just like this, I was like waking up at like 3.58 in the morning because like, you know, that's what hardcore entrepreneur, you know, men do, right? You know, like Jocko Willink, you know, these people. And I was just drinking the Kool-Aid, like I'm going to, I could have a 3.58 because I'm so cool. Um, and I would get up and journal and like, I liked it for a while, but I was just like, man, why do I, why do I keep getting sick? And then I was just like, took a long, hard look at myself and I was just like, what if you stopped forcing yourself to do all these things that you naturally hate, absolutely hate waking up that early and feel miserable. What if I try sleeping in and setting my schedule to allow myself to get a solid eight or nine hours of sleep? And then voila, my, like everything changed. And I feel so much better now. And like, I think I'm fitter, even though I'm probably not training as much. I just like, I have a schedule now that like sleep is one of my number one, if not the number one priority in any given week. And if I go into some sleep debt, like if I have a couple like really late nights and, you know, I'm feeling banged up, I will just like shut myself off to the world and really prioritize just getting some really, really good sleep. So anyway, uh, that all goes to say that I think you made the right call of like, okay, you need to take a pause, figure out what's going on, come up with a new plan and then hopefully get through it and, um, and come out on the other side better. And that's what I did. And I was able to identify that sleep was the the main key for me. I, I will admit I gave myself five minutes to be majorly pissed off. Yeah, I did. Like, yeah, you know, I kicked you the when I was you done. a little bit, man. I, I, therapy taught me that. Yeah. Like I, I wrapped up the workout I knew I wasn't going to be able to continue as soon as I hit 14 minutes. I'd have kicked the barbell across the room, you know, whatever. I something close you punch to punch anything. No, I tossed something. I forget what I threw, but it's a big gym. And it was just me and Jen were the only ones there anyway. And I cursed a couple of times and Jen's like, you all right, man. I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. Yeah. That was it. I gave myself five minutes to be pissed off. And then I moved on with my life. You know mm-hmm. what? At the end of the day, you know, as much as fun as the open is, and we'll talk about what the next couple of weeks should look like and plan for that. And I really enjoy it. And it's super fun, but your life's got to be bigger than this, you know, and your health is absolutely bigger than the open. And I just got to get healthy. I got bigger goals for this year. Anyway, I got other races. I want to do other things I want to accomplish. And mm-hmm. you can't do that if you're sick every two weeks, you nope. know, just Definitely not. absolutely ridiculous. You're right about sleep though. I'm sure we'll talk about that too. Cause, uh, we do love some third Z around here, but you know, that's part of what I've been doing. Like as soon as I was like, all right, this is over. I'm going to sleep in, you know? So I had basically, you know, Saturday night, you know, Sunday and this morning, cause it's a bank holiday. Thank mm-hmm. God for bank jobs. Mm-hmm. And, uh, same thing, sleep until like eight, eight thirty. took my third Z last night, slept like a baby. Yeah. You know, like, it I think that's, me- I think that's one of my superpowers is like being like, when I feel some sort of sickness coming on, a lot of people have to, you know, they like have their normal bedtime, their normal wake up time. They have their normal routine, stuff like that. I'm very good at saying, nope, I'm not doing any of that. And I'm going to sleep until infinity. Like there's been, um, I remember uh, when I was tracking with my aura ring and I like saw some, I saw that like the aura ring was showing me that I was getting sick. Um, I literally was just like, okay, tomorrow I have one thing on my agenda and that is sleeping. And I, I kid you not, like, like my room is completely blacked out. I wear earplugs, eye mask, 
and I can just, I can just continue to sleep. So I think I slept for like, I don't know, like 15 hours or something like that. Next day, perfect. Felt great. And like, I can literally see my numbers improve, like on the aura ring. Um, and yeah, I mean, exactly what you said. Like I definitely, I don't think I overdosed on third Z, but I definitely, I definitely smashed some third Z to, to help assist in the falling asleep, I think is the hardest part. But then like, once I get going, man, I keep rolling. I'm really good at sleeping. And I think that's a superpower that I have. Cause I know not everyone has that. A lot of people really struggle with sleep and it sucks. Cause like you want it, but the more you want to sleep, right. the harder it is to sleep. Um, but if you can figure, if you can crack the code to figure out how to sleep more and actually feel good doing it and, and not get all anxious about it, man, that, that has transformed my health for sure. Well, that would be a tip for the next couple of weeks for people is like, don't think about, all right, you know, if I'm going to do Friday night lights, for instance, I have to get in bed early on Thursday. You do have to get into bed early on Thursday, but you need to worry about more about Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Like you can't catch up on a week's worth of crappy sleep in a single night. So you yeah. need to, you know, I, I, I would tell everyone really start thinking about, you know, what does your routine look like? You know, or, and I think routine is really the big thing. It isn't so much like, did you sleep till eight? It's like, are you getting good quality sleep for those eight hours? You know, seven, eight hours is kind of optimal for most people. And if you're less than that, you're screwed. Mm-hmm. Like, it's really kind of that simple. And so find your routine. Like for me right now, you know, it's lights out at 10. And I mean, lights out, like a phone goes into silent mode. I've been made fun of from people because of that, because they'll text me and they don't hear anything because phone goes into silent mode and it's off. And they're like, what would you do if you had an emergency? I'm like, that emergency is still going to be there in the morning. (laughs) Like, actually, I have have a funny story about that. So like, I'm similar to you, but even even more so, I'm aggressive with it. I plug my phone in and it's in a completely other room. Like my phone is if anything bad happens, like I'm not finding out until I wake up. Um, and it went as far as when wad prep got broken into a couple months ago, uh, the police department was calling me so much. They just kept calling me and calling me and calling me. Cause like my door is wide open. There's stuff everywhere, glass broken, yada, yada. And I'm just sleeping like a baby, you know? And, uh, and it's, they had to call, they actually called my ex-wife. And then she just was just like, you know what? I bet Ben's sleeping. And so she drove over to my house oh and started God. pounding on the door and woke me up. And that's the only way that I was able to find out that something was wrong. So yeah, it's well. not good if people were relying on you to come save them. But if, hey, man, if you're living alone, put that phone away. Yeah, look, it's a, it's an important thing to make sure you get good sleep. And, you know, in today's day and age, like I do have my phone set where if my daughter's called, it would still go off. Mm-hmm. But everybody else, that thing's dead silent. Mm-hmm. you know it's like it's kind of simple so tip number one let's get that sleep routine in place for the, at least for the next couple of weeks but i would suggest for much longer than that it's su- yeah. super super important hey how was your score do you beat your 2014 score actually yes i beat my 2014 score but i think i've talked about it on this podcast before my 2014 score was uh that was this was actually the workout that kind of kept me out of regionals Right. Because um, I had a really bad staph infection on my left leg that like that basically like uh, the announcement happened on Thursday night. Friday morning, I woke up and couldn't walk because I had MRSA, a MRSA staph infection from like an ingrown hair on my left leg. Um, and then long story short, didn't walk, couldn't walk. I couldn't really move other than I got injections into my butt with antibiotics 
And then finally on Monday, after they gave me the wrong antibiotics and eventually gave me the right ones, Monday, I hit this workout and got like 16 muscle ups um, and threw up like three times. So yes, technically I beat my score from 2014 because uh, I got uh, 19 muscle ups. However, in 2014, once the open was over, I redid it and I got like, I think it was either 15 or 16 calories on the rower. Um, so I was frustrated. I, like, I, I really should have gotten back to that, um, to the rower, but, um, it's just one, like, this is a workout that the unfortunate thing is like, if you zig when you should have zagged, like I just, I, I overpaced, I think the first section and didn't quite leave myself enough time on the muscle ups. Um, it, I definitely could have pushed a little harder on those toes of bar, which are a really big strength of mine. Um, I just didn't want to blow up, but it turns out I actually like left too much in the tank and then was just dealing with just pure grip and, you know, muscle fatigue on the muscle ups. But if I had like, a, you know, a, a few people I know got to the, um, to the rings, you know, essentially like a minute before me, if I had done that, I would have been able to probably rack up like, you know, maybe 15 calories in the rower. Um, so anyway, just, it's frustrating. I didn't, I didn't, I think fulfill my potential, but I also am glad that I wasn't tempted to do it again, because I know a lot of people did it again. And a lot of people got a lot, you know, this is one where when you redo it, you almost always are going to get a better score. Um, so I'm proud of myself for not redoing it, but I am pissed that I got 19 muscle ups. I had, uh, I had a, a few pretty interesting experiences judging, and then we can talk about, uh, what's, you know, tips for the next couple of weeks. But I, uh, had this friend of mine message. He's like, Hey, I need, I want to drop in, kind of bring a couple of buddies and he's really fit. He's, you know, your age probably and i'm like yeah come on in so he comes in with these two guys and i know i followed your tips and kind of everyone else's have been the same for this pace the row break the toes to bar up into sets five to seven at the most you know um you know like really can do you know singles on the bar so he brings these kids with him they're in their early 20s and that's why i'm calling them kids because they're my daughter's age basically mm-hmm. and uh and i'm judging and this guy comes out on his row and he's at about 1450 to 1500 calories per hour smoking. Yeah. And I'm like, Oh bro, you're so screwed. And he wraps up that row in like two ten, you know, like really fast goes over the toes to bar, does a set of 10. Now I'm like, all right, now you're really screwed. He does five sets of 10. Like they're nothing. And then he does his wall balls. He does a set of 20 and then he does two sets of tens. Then he gets on the barbell and does singles the whole way, but he literally never stops. Like literally just drop, go, drop, mm-hmm. go. Gets over to the muscle ups, chalks, does a set of five. Then he does three, two. I'm like this MF or anyway, long story short, he got like 16 calories on the row. Got back okay. to the row. Yeah. 16 calories, just crushed it, you know? And it was right before I was supposed to go. So now my brain's like, all right, the brain's not working. That's, right. That's actually kind of interesting though, because like, so I would say, like, even though he did get a good score, like, still with the numbers and the pace that you're telling me, you can still tell that he was pretty blown up, right? Like, he was – I mean, unless he was taking big breaks, but, like, he was flying on a lot of that stuff. And still, I would say, like, he probably could have paced a little bit more and probably gotten – I obviously didn't see him on the muscle-ups, but he had a lot of time on the muscle-ups. Yeah, he could have gotten, he could, he absolutely could have gotten more of the muscle ups. But anyway, it looked great. Like yeah. it really kind of an elite performance, right? But I also had the opportunity to, uh, to judge uh, an adaptive athlete 
and a skilled athlete. And <clears throat> excuse me, it's <clears throat> it's really humbling and and there's something magical about the open getting to coach someone that's just there for the joy of it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Just like just absolutely there for nothing but the joy of it on the adaptive side and just loving every second. And by the way, super coachable, you know, like I'm coaching her in the middle of the workout and everything I'm asking her to do. She's like immediately implementing, you know, and I'm sitting there going, man, I wish I was this good a student. Like my coach will coach me in the middle of the workout. And I just hold my hand up. Like, don't talk to me, jerk, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it was really eye opening to me, like how much you can, how you can be coached mid-workout where I struggle for that personally, where this athlete was just like, okay, I'd tell her to do something that she go, okay. And she just do it. You know, mm-hmm. it's really cool. Mm-hmm. And the scaled athlete was an interesting moment for me because, um, you know, in the men's, it was a man and in the men's division, it's, um, 95 pound bar, 14 pound ball mm-hmm. and knee raises. And he wasn't going to be able to do pull-ups. He told me going in, I can't do the pull-ups, you know? So we were racing against time to get the best uh, score possible for him. And it's just interesting watching someone that's doing things that you've progressed beyond and remembering that we've all, we all start somewhere and that the workout, you know, we're not competing against each other. We're just competing against ourselves. Like I'm watching him going, this guy's just competing against himself. Mm-hmm. there's no one else and he's just trying to be better than he was the day before. And it was really kind of a cool experience to watch, to watch him just go out there and chip away at this thing and give his absolute best. And I don't know, just, it reminded me about how magical the open can be for us and how much you learn if you're really willing to watch and see what others are doing. So, yeah. you know, even, even though my personal experience hasn't been super fun in the open, it has been pretty exciting to watch others. Get oh man. I mean, how many DMs and messages did you get from people getting their first muscle ups? I mean, I, I got dozens of people tagging me and being like, Ben, watch your video, got my first toes bar ever. And then I did 50, right? I'm just like, oh my gosh. And then, uh, you know, the, as, as expected, the amount of first time muscle ups is just, man, overwhelming. Like yeah. so many people, um, I assume you got a bunch of those, right? Yeah, I I did a whole a video uh, in my story of, uh, you know, 10 oh, to 12 of them that came in nice. and, uh, they're always fun to watch, you know, they're always different. Some of them just, you know, look like, Oh my God, they're going to rip their shoulder out, but, (laughs) (laughs) but still super fun. So love it, man. I absolutely love it. Yep. Good week. Good week for sure. So we got two more weeks to go. What do you think we can expect in week two? Well, now I can actually like, this is a great question. Um, you know, like everyone's like, well, what's happened in week one. It's like, okay, no idea. I was actually very surprised that, it was such a doozy of a workout to start and I love it. Right. Like I was, yep. I was on cloud nine when they announced this workout, even though I didn't quite live up to the expectations that I had for myself. Um, I think everybody had a lot of fun with it and it was challenging, but what's interesting now is we've knocked off. I mean, how many movements is it? Five, five movement chipper. Yeah. Um, we got, and we got the, the big ones we were expecting toast of our uh, yep. muscle up or at least a ring muscle up. Yep. So I would say we will not see any more of those movements. So all the movements that we're in, not going to happen. So what's left on like the bit, you know, the heavy hitters, like what are the most common movements that we're going to see? Double unders. Sorry, everyone. Um, A thruster, most likely some sort of, you know, another squatting pattern movement. So thruster, overhead squat, pull-ups, those things will come. And then um, I also would expect some grunt work. So 
you know, you never know what combination it's going to be, but is it going to be a burpee bar facing burpee burpees over the bar, right. burpee box jump overs, box jumps, box step ups, weighted box step ups, right? Like we haven't used the dumbbell yet. I think we're, you know, we're going to see it, some sort of dumbbell movement that uh, is going to show up. So I'd say we can expect that. I would imagine we have probably one, maybe longer workout, and then one that's going to be a little bit shorter and faster. Um, Cause this was not a very, like this was a workout that you, in theory, I'm not saying everyone did it, but in theory, you could have kept your work, your heart rate pretty low sure. and done really well in this workout. That's kind of the way it was designed. Um, there will definitely be a workout that is not designed to keep your heart rate low. Right. Um, so that's what I would expect. Um, I think like if I was a betting man, I think we're going to have probably three more workouts. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they did a, you know, like a, a Metcon and then into a one rep max or heavy complex or something. Um, and then I definitely, I, I really feel there's going to be some sort of, there will be a workout that I hate basically is what I'm trying to say. Like there's going to be a workout that's just some grunt work and very, very low skill, um, maybe high strength, but high, you know, just a grinder. Um, I very much expect that. Now, will that come this week or the next week? I'm not sure. So. Well, I think you can virtually guarantee at least one of these two, you're going to have to work with a really high heart rate. And there's a pretty good chance you're going to have to lift something heavy with a high heart rate, mm-hmm. which is a big issue for most people, myself yeah. included. Any, any, like when you think of double unders and thrusters, because those are two we know we're going to get. And I think one where people really struggle to breathe. What What are your big tips for breathing through those movements? I know they're two totally different movements, but, you know, just yeah. kind of generically speaking um double unders my biggest tip for breathing during double unders uh is don't count your own reps i think that i think a lot of people hyperventilate and hold their breath when they're counting their own reps for whatever reason i've just like seen it in myself i've seen it in other people so i'd really focus on allowing someone else to count for you and focusing specifically on breathing like like just that's all I want you to think about is doing double unders and breathing. And if you can do that and throw the counting out the window, I think that really helps there. And then with thrusters, depending on your heart rate, normally you're taking two breaths per thruster. So basically like I actually have a video, obviously, obviously of course I have a video on YouTube and I think it's called thruster breathing. If you just type in thruster breathing, wad prep, I'm sure you'll find it. But basically like as the bar is going up off my shoulders, I'm breathing out. And then at the top, Kind of at the top as the bar starts to come back down, that's normally when I'm breathing in. And then if my heart rate is really high, a lot of times like you have another out in as you're in the squat. You know, so you kind of like you may as you hit the bottom of the squat, you might breathe out, you know, do an exhale and then a little bit of inhale on the way up, and then a full exhale at lockout up top. That's kind of at you know, when your heart rate's really spiked up there, that's kind of the movement yep. pattern. If you're not. Um, if the heart rate isn't too high, then you can kind of sometimes get away with just like one really deep, deliberate breath where you're out in, out in, and you know, basically the out is on the way up and the in is on the way down. Yep. Uh, Bruce in the comments says, is it the same as wall balls? I treat it the same as wall balls. I don't know if that's what you're describing, Ben, but I, I view breathing at the top kind of the same. Like when my arms are up, I'm, that's where I'm breathing, you know, chest is open. I'm in a full standing position, arms above my head, 
you know, trying, trying to get my breath right there. Um, I think like the hardest thing for me around um, particularly double unders and to your point of holding your breath, I think that's a big problem for people, but the same for thrusters is like, once your heart rate rate gets out of control, not much you can do to get it back under control until the workouts under. And so, you know, my, my biggest advice to people, like I started wearing an Apple watch, but any watch will do if it keeps an accurate heart rate. Um, I, I track that heart rate very closely because I know where my red line is and Mm -hmm. I, I don't let it go over. So like I'm often breaking double unders, even though that's an area where you should be scoring points or reps, you know, cause you can rattle them off really fast. I'll often break them into much smaller sets maybe than most people would recommend because I'm trying to keep my heart rate down. Yep. You know, so if it's a set of 60, for instance, I might do three sets of 20 with a really fast break in between or two sets of 30. And sometimes like depending on how tired I am, I'm doing six sets of 10, you know, just really, um, you know, depends on how I feel, but I'm trying to keep, for me, I try to keep my heart rate 155 or lower. Once I cross into that 160 range, I'm really getting into dangerous territory Yeah. And for thrusters, like, you know, and, and to your point of holding your breath, every time you hold your breath, you're, you know, number one, you're keeping your muscles from getting oxygen. So that's a major problem, but then your heart rate's starting to spike. And it, for me, and only speak for my old ass body, it really starts to spiral. And once you get in that, yeah, spin cycle, you're done. Oh yeah. It's, it's very easy to, to, to bump your, uh, bump your heart rate very quickly, uh, during thrusters. And I think a lot of that has to do with the, the, you're moving the whole time. And then a lot of it is holding your breath. A lot of time under tension. Well, and then you come up against, um, so let's just talk hypothetically. I'm, I'm curious as to your strategy then, you know, cause we've had this in several opens where you've had to do like a kind of a fast movement. Like we had one a few years ago where you had to do, um, they were dumbbell squats and then burpees over the dumbbell. And it was a really short, like it was like 10 down to one mm-hmm. really mm-hmm. short workout. And then you immediately had like six minutes to do a heavy clean mm-hmm. squat clean. Um, which obviously makes it really hard with a high heart rate. What's your strategy for if you get a short time frame? I mean, we had, I think we had this two years ago as well. We also do like maybe a clean and jerk, you know, kind of similar. We had a mm-hmm. fast Metcon and then a clean and jerk. What's your strategy for, for moving up and weight quickly in a short time frame to get your max lift without having to do, you know, five or six lifts? Mm. Um, I think everyone should have like I'm pulling this a little bit from the weightlifting community. Everyone should have an opener that they know they can hit, but it also should be annoying. I think a lot of people (laughs) in those kinds of situations, maybe they're either too tentative or they're too aggressive and they're too tentative, meaning like they start really light and then they're wasting a ton of time switching out weights. They do what they do like just some warm up weights that like they can hit easily all day long and you're just kind of like wasting time and energy, especially if you have a tight right. window. Um, for me, I always try to like, I always, it's, it's hard to give percentages, but like, I want to say like 70%, something like that. Like something that even if you're, you know, not quite blackout, but like, even if you're like post Fran, you know, like with maybe a couple minute break, can you pick up that bar and, and hit that rep? Um, that's where you want your opener to be. I mean, it all, it all is contingent on what comes before it, but you should start with a weight that is annoying 
but also that you have a hundred percent confidence that you can hit because the amount of times I've seen people, you know, overdo it and then pick up that. Like I remember the, the heavy cleans from, I don't know if that was last year or two years ago, there was a, um, that clean complex and the amount of people who just got pinned to the ground by that barbell because they just didn't realize how fatigued they were from all the previous thrusters. Um, I think it's important to step up to the bar and hit a weight. You're like, I can hit this no matter how tired I am. And then you, based on how that feels, you make adjustments from there. Would you, and I'm only speaking, asking for you, not necessarily for the crowd. Would you go for your, your biggest lift on your second lift then, or would you save it for your final shot? I mean, it all, it all depends on the the time. I mean, I'm definitely trying to get more than, I mean, again, this is all, how much time do I have? Um, if I have 15 minutes, then I'm doing a You're lot. You're going to get than, six. It's the open. Like they're not going to give you longer than six right. minutes to do a, let's uh, say it was, let's load. say it was six minutes. I'm going for, I'm going for, depending on what the rules are, I'm going for probably three to four lifts, probably four lifts where I hit the opener, re- load more weight, um, rest like maybe a minute extra after the opener, hit another one. And then like allow, basically like allow myself a solid two minutes or so 90 seconds to two minutes before hitting the final weight, which the final weight would be my heaviest. If you're coaching a, an old masters athlete, a scale and bail athlete like myself, would it be four lifts? Or are you going to move it down to three? Hmm. Again, all the, I mean, it all depends on the athlete and what the movement is and, just generically speaking, everyone on this, everyone on here is older than you, Ben. Come on, man. I mean, I, I how fast are you loading the barbell? Um, I like, I mean, I like two minutes between lifts. I think that is a that is a lot. Of, that is a solid rest period. Um, Ninety seconds to two minutes between lifts. However many you can get in there, but but you have to remember that you're going to need a, a, a front end, probably thirty to sixty seconds, right? Yeah. So thirty seconds, thirty six seconds at the beginning, hit a lift. Yeah, 90 seconds to two minutes to hit another lift, 90 seconds to two minutes to hit the next lift. And then if you have time, obviously send it for one more. I think four lifts is good in six minutes if you can get to it. I um I try to do four for whatever that's worth, but I try to make my third one kind of my PR lift, but have the weight set with change plates on the end. So if I have to go down. I can go down quickly and still do a fourth lift that I think I can hit. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? So I, sure. I'll do 70%, 90%, like 105. Mm-hmm. Cause it's open. You got it, you know, or even any competition, you've got more adrenaline going than you normally do. Mm-hmm. And you often, even with the, you know, the world's ugliest lift, which I've had in competition, but still land them counts in CrossFit. Um, you know, that adrenaline will carry over. And then for some reason you miss, pull the fives off the end, you know, still go for your left and end up with a pretty good shot. Yep. Yeah. It's my best advice. For like and I'm not a heavy lifter. Although someone in the comments earlier said, now that I'm having to change my training program, I should just focus on getting swole. And I think that, uh, it hurt my feelings. Cause that means I'm not currently swole. Swoller. Swoller. I need to get swole. Is swoller a word? I don't even know. <laughs> I don't even know if swoller is a word. All right, so our, our, we've given our kind of our two big tips: sleep being the first one, heart rate being the second one, and then you know, kind of this uh, off topic of heavy lifting. What any any uh, additional third third thing you think people should be thinking about with two weeks to go? Hmm, with two weeks to go, 
you know, I mean, nothing that hasn't already been said. Um, no, I mean, obviously, like, there's common movement pairings that could pop up. You have, like, overhead squat, chest-to-bar pull-up, or thruster, chest-to-bar pull-up. Would you double. be practicing them right now? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'd be doing, I mean, not not to the point where you're going to, you know, get crazy fatigued or rip your hands or something like that. But yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd be, I'd be practicing combinations, like typical combinations that we've seen in the past, like deadlifts and box jumps. Would I do a ton of them to blow my back up? No, but I would definitely practice some movement patterns. Um, in fact, I'm pretty sure the gym that I'm going to Coda, uh, CrossFit Iron View. Um, I didn't look at the programming for this week yet, but, or I did. And I'm pretty sure it's like, Basically, we just have a bunch of like open workout practice. Basically, it's like EMOMs and, you know, 70% effort or 80% effort on like specific pairings. Like deadlift box jump is a really common one that I've mentioned. Um, um, Thrusters and burpees, uh, like just kind of like common pairings that we see all the time. Yeah, I, um, I've done that before. I, I always worry about deadlift showing up in the open and to your point of deadlifts and box jumps. That's a hard combination for most people. So I think that's a good advice. Like pick the movements that you're probably not great at and and build some confidence. So don't think about building strength, building speed. You're building confidence. Yeah. Because that's a hard movement. Like I don't know if you've ever done this, Ben. I'm sure you have. I, I remember vividly early early CrossFit, John, when I wasn't this swoller. Um, the very first time I did deadlifts in the box jumps, you go to make that first jump. And your shin goes right into the side of the box because you have mm-hmm. no idea how to jump after doing deadlifts, you know. Yeah. And I think there are a lot of new people out there that don't do them. You know, they a lot of gyms don't even program those together that often. And so, if you haven't done it, building confidence of knowing, you know, how long you need to rest in between the deadlift to the jump is something you need to know. Sure. For most people, I would think most people that follow a scale and bell, or, you know, scaled athletes, they don't. You know, an elite athlete can do a deadlift, go right into a box jump. They don't even think about it. They can just do it, you know. Whereas for me, I do a deadlift, and then I'm like, all right, I'm going to count for five seconds. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. need, need to give it a minute and make sure I can make the first one. And yep. uh, and then after that, everything's fine. Yeah, but, so that's why, that's why I'm saying, like, practice these pairings. Like, like practice the, the common pairings. And I think a lot of CrossFit gyms are – probably programming in that way where it's like you know guess what we're not going to see a lot of in the gym toes to bar ring muscle ups um rowing right wall balls these are all things that hopefully are not on the agenda this week which a lot of people will be really excited about (laughs) yeah we can still get you can still get bar muscle ups that's a very real possibility yep i mean they're, they're two very different movements i don't we've never seen that i don't think but um it is a possibility. I, I like the, I think like the tiered approach where it's like, maybe they'll start with chin over bar pull-ups and then chest to bar and then bar muscle-ups or something like, like the, the progressive approach, just like we did with that handstand push-up workout, which is, a, that's another thing we're probably going to see as well. The handstand push-up workout from a few years ago that like graduated to handstand walks, right? Those kinds of things um, will be, you know, there's a lot of potential for that because it still allows them to test the high level skill but you still have to go through a lot of stuff to get there which is why like it's really nice that they didn't start the workout with 20 ring muscle ups right and then end with 
60 calorie row just wouldn't make any sense would not uh, shock me at all to see them do the uh wall facing handstand push-ups that we saw at the games yeah because we've seen them in multiple competitions now hmm. and uh but we've never seen it in the open and well it would go it would go hand in hand with them changing the handstand push-up standard all the time so. <laughs> every single year it's different but you could do a pretty decent progression kipping strict reverse and face the wall strict you know it would be really really interesting to see what that does to people no i've never attempted it i don't know if i could do it have you tried them um yes i have yes i have they're tough they're definitely tough um definitely not good for kipping (laughs) (laughs) well if they show up in the open we may have to do an emergency session of scaling bail and give tips because i don't have any idea how to do them so yeah it's i mean they're tough it's just i mean it's i think more demand on your balance and and then shoulder strength and they're just a pain in the butt to get down from so why are they a pain to get down from you can't just flip to the side i mean flipping the side works it's just awkward it's way more awkward than the other way yeah true and i guess if you've got well you should you ought to be able to walk them down like a wall walk yeah but you're fatigued you're you're smoked not when you're this swole ben (laughs) come on man not when you're this swole. All right. Well, we have a few minutes. Let's take some questions from. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of good ones in there. Well, you pick one. <laughs> All right. Anyway, it has questions or things you guys are worried about in the open that we haven't talked about. Here's one. Right. Uh, yeah. Let me find it. All right. Here's one. This is what's up with the leaderboard? <laughs> a guy 45 to 49, first place, 397 reps. Here's That's- something you guys got to know about the leaderboard right now it is not set. Anyone, and I mean anyone, including. Some of my friends who have definitely trolled CrossFit HQ before by entering fake scores. Um, anyone can enter any score, and then there's a validation period. So the, what you see on the leaderboard right now is not has not been validated. If that person reported that amount of reps and doesn't have a video to back it up, I assure you it will not be there in a few days. So um, be patient. Be patient. If if a rep seem or if a uh, a workout seems or a score seems too good to be true. It probably is, and it will be gone very soon. That happens every year. Every yes. year somebody throws up some ridiculous score. I thought about it when I knew I was going to post one. I'm like, hey, Jen, let me toss one up for like seven, and let me lead the world for five minutes. Great. Yeah. Do you remember the guy that uh, uh, was Dave Castro? He like registered as Dave Castro and then just put up like massive scores in the first open workout a couple years ago. That was fun. Oh, I should have done that um let's see what else do we have i think there's there's a few other really good ones um here we go question i can do rings usually around six or seven i'm broken but when i got to them at 12 40 i was so shot i couldn't get one failed like three times and i saw several athletes do this then after my coach told me to try them after the wad i tried them one or two minutes after the workout and could do them what are the reasons i suck so bad on this part pressure fatigue uh lots of reasons but i think this is a uh, an issue that a lot of people run into. And I saw someone do this firsthand at the, you know, the, the day that I did my, uh, attempt is people who can do ring muscle ups, got to the rings. They were surprised at the fact that they failed maybe their first rep and then panicked and then tried again, tried again, tried again, tried again, tried again, and had a lot of failure in a very short window of time. Um, they weren't able to humble themselves and be patient and say, you know what? I realized the importance of getting one rep. I'm going to take a lot of time 
and I'm going to make sure that I like hit my one rep with, you know, 30 seconds to go and then maybe go for one more. Um, So I think what happens is a lot of people get caught off guard that they were, you know, under extreme fatigue because this is a, the open workouts present a new level of fatigue that often isn't faced in an actual class setting. So you're probably way more tired than usual. There's a lot of pressure on it. The clock's ticking. And as soon as you fail that rep, it's, you know, you kind of get in your head about it. So um, I think a lot of people don't take enough time or didn't take enough time before that first attempt. And they probably made too many attempts. So that's what I think. Yep. Uh, here's a good question for you, Ben. Uh, Ronald Neville's worried about dubs. And okay. he can only do one or two in a row and then he loses it. Well, your best dub, your, your best dub advice. Um, best, I mean, other than saying you should have bought my courses a long time ago and, you know, tried them, which I, actually Ronald might have, um, his name obviously is very familiar, but, uh, realistically speaking, I think, but for the open right now, if you can do one or two in a row and then you lose it. I would potentially just focus right now on can you do your one or two in the row and keep the rope spinning rather than trying to do two unbroken fail, two unbroken fail, trip, 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 you know, um, how can you keep the rope spinning? That's like, I don't offer that advice a lot of times to people trying to learn double unders because I think it's a crutch, but specifically for the open, if you keep the rope spinning, it's a good thing because that means you're probably accumulating more and more reps. Um, I think a lot of people, like a lot of people who do one or two in a row, they're spinning the rope way too fast and their rope is way too fast. I've seen it so many times where people think that double unders are fast. So they jump and then they just freak out and they spin their $90 speed rope that they have and then they trip. And what they don't realize is that they're close to doing a triple under every time. Right. It's doing two and a half and they can't figure that out. So I would say potentially slow it down, get a slower rope, get a heavier rope. Um, and then just try to, if you can consistently get two and just nail two every time or do one single, 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 double, single, 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 double, that's going to really help come an open workout. That's way better than, you know, single, double, trip, 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 double under trip, 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 you know, like see if you can keep that rope spinning and find a rhythm that allows you to accumulate reps. Well, we said here on the show before, if you want to video yourself and send it to us. We're happy to review it on the show. Yeah. Yeah. Especially for, for the people who watch on YouTube and, and other channels, um, submitting videos, uh, normally you have to pay for that, uh, with wad prep, but, uh, but for the show, um, I'm in, I, we will hand pick some videos to check out. I'll, I'll sit here and tell you everything you're doing wrong for free every day of the week. And like Ben, I don't charge for that shit. Uh, <laughs> I mean, usually double unders are, it's one or two things. It's usually because your elbows are, you know, your hands are moving away from you. And so that rope is getting shorter. Like that's. Yeah. It absolutely could be a rope length thing. I think rope length is a a very, very common issue. If you can't hear your rope clicking the ground with each spin of the double under, that means it's coming off the ground, which means you're definitely prone to tripping. Yeah. And you know, there are a ton of videos out there, including Ben has some really brilliant ones that can help you through it. But, uh, it's one I, you know, I've said forever, forever, get a metrodome and you got to practice five to seven minutes a day, every day, five days a week till you get it. Like, it's just, unfortunately with double unders, the, the only way to get it is to practice. It really mm-hmm. is. It's, it's not like, uh, 
it's not like building strength where you can go out and lift and like over time you get it. Like you just got to get under the rope or mm-hmm. over the rope either way you want. Yep. So good question though. Yeah, it's a good question. Here's one. Um, what about an open with all repeats? I, I, I think that'd be really cool because you'd be able to see the progression. Like just like we've seen this year, uh, the scores people are putting up compared to 2014. It's insane, right? Like, like, it's unbelievable how fit everyone's gotten. Um, even if it's it's roughly the same amount of people almost, but the the average scores have just like I mean we're we're getting way fitter as a community. The, the CrossFit is creating some incredible, incredibly fit people. Um, but the only issue with that is I'm pretty sure CrossFit HQ did say that there's a new movement coming. Pretty sure Adrian yep. Bosman said that. So with a new movement means that it is not all repeats. I'd love to see an all repeat open, but I don't think they will. Yeah. I, I don't think they ever will, to be honest. I think there's, you know, they're, they're also wanting to create for the future too. Mm-hmm. That's part of it, you know? And, and, you know, I'm sure Adrian is, as I thought it was really cool and humble of him to do a repeat for the very first one. Like I thought it was really cool of him because he's a great programmer, super smart guy, been in the space for decades and, um, you know, he's worked for CrossFit forever, and this is his first open. He could have easily said, all right, I'm going to create the Adrian Bosman special, you know, and made mm-hmm. some crazy workout that blew all our minds. Instead, he's like, you know what, let's let's respect the test and see how much fitter we've gotten in the last decade. And yeah. that's pretty cool. You know? I loved it. Yeah, yeah, very, very cool. I loved it. Um, someone also said kettlebell snatches. Nope, not coming in the open. They, you don't think so? No, they, they literally said the kettlebell is not in the open. Did they? They did a very poor job of announcing it, but Adrian Bosman was like, oh, yeah, that we're not using that until the quarterfinals. Okay. So, and that's at least that's what I mean. My, that's my team keeps telling me that. So, anyway, I know like they, they announced, like, hey, this is a new piece of equipment for the, <laughs> the right. quarterfinals. So, all right. Any other questions in here? Let's see. I'm just, there's lots of people thanking, saying, hey, you know, thanks for the tips. Uh, really helped with, you know, various aspects. Um, I love it. I'm excited. I mean, stay tuned for, for more tips. Uh, we work, work our butt off to get the videos done and get some good strategy out there. So I'm, it just really makes me happy when I see so many people doing, doing really well. Um, thanks to, you know, the hard work that we put in. Um, here's one from April. I I was on the call with your team and they're smart, dude. They are smart. They are smart. Uh, smart. April asked, do they check master's levels as well for scores that are sketchy? Yes. Yes, they do. Um, Basically, especially at the top. Now I'm not going to lie to you and say that the, you know, the 91st percentile, right? Like there's probably people who are going to sneak into the next round with totally scammed and sketchy scores. But um, yeah, if there's a crazy score at the top of any leaderboard, I don't care what division it is. They're definitely going to take a look at it. I think you have less of a chance of having uh, people sneaking into quarters with sketchy scores than you would in the past because the scores have to be validated in affiliate or you have to send in a video. Now, they're not going to look at everyone, yeah. not even close. They are going to look at the ones that are exceptional and you know judge those. And so I, you know, I think those that have a chance to be really competitive are going to get looked at. I would just, I don't know, like I've always just kind of thought to myself, I trust the community. I trust the people validating the scores that these are fair and honest scores. You know, do I think there are some gems that are more hardcore about no reps or giving burr reps and others? Absolutely. Like I'm sure that's happening, but at the end of the day, it'll all even out. 
and I think yep. the fittest will get there for sure. And oh yeah, you know, we'll we'll see. Absolutely. So, but and somebody said in the chat, you got to pay for quarters. So this is true. I mean, you know, like CrossFit wants it to succeed because you got to pay at every level: open, quarter, semi. There's a fee to get in, so they yeah. want it to be fair. And I think they're do. I think they're trying hard to really lock down this process. Like you saw it with the, I don't want to get into it too much, but like, you know, the weights on the women's side were wrong during the open and they immediately apologized. And even though they couldn't correct it, you know, they immediately addressed it. Whereas in years past, they would have gone two or three days without saying shit. You know, they would have like, yeah, they would have, <laughs> you know, and, and I think now they're start, they're really they starting to be a really, they wrote a post a really nice video of someone lifting water jugs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I just think they're I think they're really cognizant of community feedback and wanting this to be a fair competition for others and they want it to be special and they want it to be perfect and mistakes are going to happen, you know, and I think they're doing a really good job of owning up to mistakes. And I oh. I know everyone thinks I'm in cahoots and I know all these people and I know a lot of them, but um I do think they're genuinely trying. Yeah, oh, absolutely. They want it to be fair. So, absolutely. All right, dude. Well, I'm excited to see what you put up the next two weeks. I uh disappointed I'm not gonna be there to beat you, but you know, that's the way it goes, I guess. Sorry, you gotta heal up for the games. Gotta heal up for the for the row off. I know I'm excited about that. I spent a little time on the assault rower this week, just very little, and that thing's miserable, dude. It's really have you you got yours, right? Did it show up? No, the, the shipping company lost it. Um, so but then they found it again. Woo, good for them. So yeah. funny. Such a disaster. But uh, I will be receiving it on Thursday, apparently. So we'll see. And see, this is valuable time. I could be getting ahead of you in the row. I know. Sure. I know. It's a much different rower though, dude. I spent like I said, I spent a little time on it uh on uh on Sunday. And they just everything about the feel is different. Mm-hmm. It just it's you know, solid though, so solid. It is like it's really solid. You I don't so know. is like the you know, like the beefed up assault bike that they have. Mm-hmm. Man, I, I hopped on that at my buddy Eric's house the other day, uh yesterday specifically. And you know, I used to have the old assault bikes, but the like the new beefier versions, I mean yep. they're still not like they're not absolutely gargantuan like the echo bike. It still is like I'd say perfect for a garage gym. But man, I hopped on that thing. I was like, this thing is a tank in, a, yep. in like a good way. It's like built strong, but not too beefy, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't weigh a thousand pounds like that. You can't even move those Echo bikes. And the, I'm not slamming Echo. Echo is a fine bike. It's just, yeah, it's great. It's just like when you put it there, you don't want to move it at all. Yeah. With the last gym I went to, we had a bunch of Echo bikes. And if I had to pull that thing farther than two feet away from the wall, I was totally bitching about it because they're so heavy. You mm-hmm. know, but mm-hmm. that's what it is. But, you know, I bitch about everything anyway. So. Yeah, of course. All right, Ben, super fun. Great talking to you again. Uh, I'm excited to see what this week holds for us. And uh, for everyone that joined us, thanks for joining. We'll do another one of these next week. Uh, We'll recap 23.2 and then give our best guesses for 23.3. So appreciate you guys joining and we'll catch up with you guys next week. Peace.